BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Sandy will say to me, he'll go, bye, see you tomorrow. And I just (laughs) go out there for like, probably it's not too long. I go out there for about five, maybe six hours and just create. That's a long time. That's amazing. I'm so jealous. Yeah, but it's not that long. I mean, what else am I supposed to do when the entire world is shut down or I'm not working? Everyone's got their thing. All right, gang, get in touch with your inner Demi Moore or Patrick Swayze because we're taking you to the Pottery Studio today, guys. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, David Magadoff, and with me is my most wonderful co-host, Claire Kramer. Hi, Claire. Hi, David. How are you today? Delightful. Welcome, everyone, to the Fanatics Podcast. We have on today someone pretty dang special. This is Rena Sofer. You know her from winning an Emmy as Lois Cerullo in General Hospital. She's currently on The Bold and the Beautiful. Also, Once Upon a Time, Beauty and the Beast, Covert Affairs. Guys, Rena is a wonderful human being, and she likes to get her hands right into the clay. She loves pottery. What do you think about that, Claire? She loves pottery, and I love, I. you know, it's interesting. We haven't talked about crafting so much yeah. on the show. You know what I mean? So this was kind of like our first episode where we talked about an art with and she's an artist but she's a performing artist but she's actually transitioning into a visual artist with her pottery you know and and it sounded like eventually making a go of it so it was interesting it's like she's going to continue making bold and beautiful things <laughs> see what i did that's that's right. I I love it. Once upon a time, she'll take oh, commissions. <laughs> I like this. We're doing good. This is fun. I worked with Sandy Bookstaver, one of our directors from Dexter New Blood, for many, many moons over last year. And uh, during the shoot, he brought out his partner, Rena, and that's how I met her. And it was great. We actually played Settlers of Catan, and she, she won because she's pretty great at it. And it was cool because that was the beginning of how we got to know each other. And I've actually been to her pottery studio, which is really fun. And it is pretty beautiful. It's She definitely carved a little place out in her garage. And it's just cool to see. It's cool to see where someone works and creates and does their art. And it's a lovely conversation we had with her. Yeah, very interesting. And, and you know, we briefly touched on the fact that pottery itself has such 
such a prominent place in history, you know, across the world. And I think one of the things that intrigues me is that you make a piece and you can, it will live on well past you and your, you know, ancestors. So let's, let's make sure some of Rena's pieces live on. Yes. And, and speaking of briefly touching, I like that you had made a Seinfeld reference that you listeners will enjoy in a moment. And she, <laughs> she herself was on Seinfeld. She was one of the many ladies of Jerry's past. Well, actually, one of the ladies of George's past. George had a real thing for her. You might remember her from the Muffin Tops episodes, my mm, friend. I do. I do. I love that episode. Yeah. Why, why make the muffin? Only the tops. Only you only the top. need the tops. You know? So, guys, please enjoy this episode. And if you want to like, subscribe, hit five stars, we would love that. If you're enjoying all things fanatics, we enjoy you. So, enjoy. Rena, how much money would it take to reenact the scene from Ghost with your husband? And it would not be published. It would just be for just for your own life. Which scene, David? Of the scene where Patrick Swayze is, of course, hovering and coming over to me more while she is making her pottery. How much money would it take? Who's paying me? Um, would Sandy be paying me, my husband? Because then it's just my money and it, it really wouldn't matter. But if somebody else was paying me, can I can I pull like a another Demi Moore movie, the one where she was paid a million dollars to sleep with Robert Redford? Indecent Proposal? Yeah. Can I pull that and just say a million dollars? Not that I want to sleep with Robert Redford, but I'd take a million dollars for him to ruin a piece of my pottery by trying to be sexy with me. <laughs> I like the mashup. It works. Which I'd smack him. For if if <laughs> if I weren't being paid because uh, pottery is not supposed to be precious. You're supposed to let it all go. You never know what you're going to get. But at the same time, at this point, I'm still. I'll watch videos of people who make a beautiful like urn or or vase, and then they cut it in half to show you how thick the walls are. And I'm always like, no. <laughs> so I'm not there yet. So don't touch my pottery while I'm trying to make it. Maybe someday. <laughs> Yeah, at least let it be like created and live for a while before it's it's destroyed. Okay, if you haven't guessed, Rena is on Fanatics today to talk about her love of making pottery and pottery in general. Rena, for those people who have never experienced like crafting something on the pottery wheel or whatnot, can you just give a description about why you love creating pottery so much? And what exactly it is about that that you love? Yeah, I, I kind of got into pottery after I got divorced and really hated the dating apps and didn't want to date and just realized I just need to find something else to do with my life. And so I started woodworking and then I got into pottery because I'm really good at making things with my hands. I think sometimes much better than I am as an actor. And so I loved the fact I have a friend who just reached out to me and said, hey, I need something to hold my my sponges in my sink. And I've never been able to find the right thing. I've got the long thing to clean your bottles and I've got two sponges. Mm -hmm. I got the scrubby sponge and the regular sponge. Can you make something for me? And I did. And I think I love the idea that I can just make, I need a bowl to hold those lemons that always go bad and I'm going to make it. And so I, I mm -hmm. love the fact that I can make anything I need. I, here's another mashup for you. Have you seen that Seinfeld episode with Elaine where she's deciding who's worthy of the today sponge? No. 
No. Okay. I think you can probably make some pottery for those too. That that would had me laughing when you said sponges. Oh, I'd just be very worried about all of the like germs on that. You know, I don't want to. Well, it's clearly before you use it, not after. Yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> but maybe a bedside thing. Yeah. I love the fact that you're, you're sort of like comparing crafting pottery to like, you know, the art of acting or being an artist in general, because it is very malleable and and full of emotions, right? Yeah. I mean, hopefully my pottery will depict emotions for other people mm-hmm. and inspire them in certain ways. Um, I know I make mugs that say, fuck off. And it makes a lot of people really, really emotional. Most people get angry at me for being so crass and other people are like, yes, I need this mug. I love this mug. So yeah, I feel like it's a different way to emote for the audience. Well, where did the inspiration for the fuck off mug come from? Like what made you even do it in the first place? Did you make one for yourself? I made one for myself. It's my favorite mug. It is my one mug that I love and it's a really big cup of coffee it's my one cup of coffee a day. I like starting my day with the fuck off mug. I think because it's my favorite swear word. You know, you know that that show with the the guy he he always uh, talks to actors and in the end of interviewing inside the, actors. the actor studio. Yeah, and he, at the end he's like, yeah. "What's your favorite swear word?" I'm always like, "Fuck off." You know, I love it. <laughs> I say it to my family all the time. <laughs> They say people who swear are highly intelligent, Rena. So you. I just want you to know that's that's a good thing. Then I'm like Mensa level, I want to say. Yeah. I mean, don't test it. Just believe it. That's what I say. <laughs> when you started, you know, you said the sort of impetus for creating pottery or getting into the, the art of pottery came from, you know, the frustration of not only the divorce, but the dating apps and like, what was like, what was the first piece you decided to try? And what was the setting? Paint us a picture of your, of you doing your first piece of pottery. I took a class. I, I signed up at a studio. I took a class. And I think the first thing we learned how to do was pinch pots. Just take a round Mm -hmm. ball of clay and you stick your thumbs in it and you just start pinching, 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 pinching. And you just pinch around until you've got a little pot and then you could do what you want with it. And it wasn't love at first sight. It just was, oh, okay. It was looking at all the other potters in the studio and what they made. And I would just go, how did you make that? And they were like, well, this is how I made it. And I'm like, I can, I think I can do that. And then I would try to start making something like it. But you know, it's, unless it's really simplistic, it's really hard to just make what somebody else makes. So And I kind of like really difficult pieces. So I started to just riff off of that and then it would just become something completely separate. Nothing ever looks exactly the same. Even if I make vases, they all have some level of difference, except for my mugs. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, you. It's Jason Bateman. 
Have you listened to Smartless? Smartless is the podcast that I host with my friends who are more like brothers. The super talented and funny Will Arnett and Sean Hayes is... JJ, well, JJ, JJ, why are, yeah. you, why are you whispering? Well, it, there's there's a psst in the, in, the, in the copy. But people are listening, so it's like... They are listening. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. In each episode of Smartless, one of us reveals our mystery guest to the other two. What ensues is a genuinely improvised and authentic conversation. Our mystery guests span our mystery we'll cut this out our mystery guests all right here we go we got a lot of big famous people from different walks of life and if you're yeah, a wondering fan then you're I'm gonna stone, yeah. just you come and listen Tyson. to it yeah. we're on wondering right now and you can listen to us and no matter what you're doing you're at the gym or you're in the car just listen yeah. to the podcast sean tell them where they can find it follow smartless on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen to smartless ad free by joining wondery plus in the wondery app or on apple Podcasts. bye bye is it about the result for you or is it about the process or are they just both equal in different ways? Totally equal in different ways. The whole process, I have worked so hard and made things that were incredible and then I put them in the kiln and they fell over and they fell onto other people's pieces. And the thing that made me feel the worst is the other people's pieces, not the fact that my piece fell over, even though that, you know, sometimes that's a whole week of work. That's like maybe 20 hours of work that's gone. Um, but you know, it has to be a learning process and you have to learn to let go of what's precious to you in that, in that sense. I like the, the lesson in that, which is you can't control everything. And sometimes things fall apart. True. Very true. So you're making a a pinch pot, Mm -hmm. which I have many of those. My children have made me. Back in the day, I think we made ashtrays for our parents. Yes. That was way, way back. So easy. <laughs> now they're called spoon rests. Oh, got <laughs> it. Got it. So you've made your pinch bowl. Mm-hmm. And then what is your thought process like to continuing with the class and starting to like perfect, like you said, and experiment? What was the attraction and the process for you? The class is an eight-week class. And so first week is pinch pots. Second week is hand building. Third week is going on the wheel. Fourth Ah. week is trimming. Fifth week is uh, glazing. So there's all these different areas you go to. And once you've kind of walked through them all, you go, well, which one did I like the most? And the um, wheel class was the teacher yelled at me all the time and and made me feel inadequate and terrible. And I'm somebody who, once you tell me I suck, then I just don't want to do it because I feel like, oh my God, I must suck. So I learned later my love for throwing over past that. But I really learned how to hand build in this first particular studio that I started going to. And I just, I don't know, the pandemic really worked for me because I really like being alone. I really love putting these little things in, although they always fall out of my ears. I don't know why, but I love putting the little AirPods in and I like going into my garage. I listen to books on Audible like all the time. And I just love being out there and sitting down I've got a, my whole side of the garage is all my studio and my husband's side of the garage is his car covered in clay because of my side of the garage being <laughs> my studio. And I just love going in there and going, 
I don't know. What am I making today? What do I feel like? Do I want to throw? Do I want to hand build? What am I going to build? I don't know. Let's start making coils and see where that takes me. And I'm listening to some amazing book that makes me want to go out there and listen to it. And then all my dogs are out in the front and I have too many. And it's just like, you know, Sandy will say to me, he'll go, bye, see you tomorrow. And I just <laughs> go out there for like, probably it's not too long. I go out there for about five, maybe six hours and just create. That's a long time. That's amazing. I'm so jealous. Yeah, but it's not that long. I mean, what else am I supposed to do when the entire world is shut down or I'm not working as an actress, you know, my kid is in school. What am I supposed to do? So it's fun. How does it feel on your hands? Is there like a feeling that like, or a visceral reaction as soon as you put your hands to the clay? Yeah. I mean, there's certain clays that I like to work with on the wheel. I like them to be a bit sandier. So they have a little bit of sturdiness to them as I'm pulling up the sides, but I really like a buttery, clay to hand build with. And my favorite part is when the clay gets solid enough that it holds itself up, but it's still malleable so that I can, I can literally create ridges and movement in the clay without breaking it. So it's still got enough moisture in it, but it's, it's not going to fall apart. That's kind of my favorite Mm -hmm. point of, of the clay. Color me mine. No. Love it or hate it. Called a ripoff. Color me ripoff. Are you kidding me? Now that I make it, when you buy that unpainted mug for $15, do you know how much they pay for that unpainted mug? Probably like 25 cents. 25 cents in bulk. And it's made out of a, um, they put them in molds. They just pour wet, you know, watery clay in molds and break them out. And then the paints they're giving you to use cost nothing. And they're killing time, costs nothing, and they're making a fortune, a fortune, because not only are you paying $15 for their 25-cent mug, but then you're paying like $10 an hour on top of it. It's, oh, you know, I look back on all the money I spent on Color Me Mine for my kids, and I'm just like, oh, it's terrible. (laughs) It's terrible. Somebody needs to do something different. All these ruined memories. Oh. <laughs> Go into your old photo albums. You start ripping them up. You're like, it never happened. I'm just breaking all those mugs. All those mugs I made for Sandy for Father's Day, you know, with the kids. I'm going <laughs> to break them and just be like, here's a new mug. I made it myself. Yes, exactly. And I did. I make him mugs all the time. Does your mood dictate what you will start making when you go out into your studio. If you're angry, do you tend to make, you know, some more of the mugs? If you're happy, do you tend to like be more free and experiment on new pieces? Or does it not matter once your hands are on that clay, like you're all just about that, mm-hmm. whatever's going to come out? No, because once I start playing with clay, I'm not angry anymore about anything. Mm-hmm. The one thing I will say though, is sometimes I'll be throwing, I'll be making something and I bang into it and ruin it or, and that's when I know I'm done for the day. Like when I start messing up the things I'm making, that's when I go, I got to walk away because otherwise I'll, I'll mess them all up. Yeah. My biggest problem is I rush. I have to always tell myself to slow down and stop and just move quietly. What piece have you created that's taken like the longest, most hours? I did this piece. It's really big. 
It's got a horse head on the top and a chain through its nose and a chain coming down and it goes around the whole big piece. And I, the piece I made for the horse head, which sits in the, the thing, it, it's the piece that fell on the other person's piece in the kiln. So I had to remake a new piece, which is even bigger. And on one side, it looks like the face of a frog and the other side, it's just this crazy thing. And then I glazed it and I hated the glaze. So I decided to put an epoxy with colors in it and paint it, which is a very slow process. It takes day after day after day. So that took me like a month to make. And it wow. just sits in the backyard. Nobody would know what to do with it. It is just a weird, it is such a strange piece of pottery, but I, I really love it, but it's strange. Yeah. How do you decide what to offer, you know, as, as something that's available for purchase and what you're going to keep for yourself? I don't know. There are things that I will put on my website and still use. There's a piece that I just sold that I've been using in the house because I assumed nobody was ever going to buy it. And all of a sudden somebody bought it and I'm like, oh, but I mean, the great thing about it is I just needed to clean it and send it. It didn't hurt it in any way. It's not like a piece of woodwork that you're, you know, a cutting board and you're like, oh God, I've been working on this. So I don't know. And, and also I, I'm lucky enough that I don't have to make my living selling pottery at this point. So I can price it how I want and I can put it up how I want. But at some point, I guess I'm going to have to think about that. But I don't want to think about it right now. Just if somebody likes something. <laughs> and I also sometimes put pictures up of things that I'm working on. And uh -huh. and if somebody's like, oh, my God, that's so great. Can I buy that? I'm like, sure. Do you want it in a color different oh, than what awesome. I was going to do? Or I did a commission for a woman I work with. And somebody reached out to me and said, can I buy one of the commission you made? I want the exact one so I can own a piece that that woman is going to also own. And I'm like, sure, just made an extra one. Rena, will you talk about pottery with people or is this one of those things? Because when we have people on the podcast, we're talking usually about things that they typically we find don't chat so much about with people. It's usually like, oh yeah, no, this is something that I love. And I actually never really talked about it until this podcast. Is this something like everybody knows you love pottery or is this something that, you know, you're like, I actually don't really talk about it that much, but you know. So we were just on the East coast doing college tours with our daughter. We were in Boston and we walked by this place and it said pottery studio. And I was like, oh, and I went and I looked in the window and the guy comes right out and he goes, hey, so, you know, what are you doing today? Do you want to come inside? We have, we have our own pottery and you can just buy a piece of pottery and paint it. I go, oh, like color me mine. And he goes, yeah. And I go, no, <laughs> I go, see, I'm a ceramicist and I understand what goes into all this. And I'm so not interested in that. And my, my husband and daughter looked at me and basically were like, that was the douchiest thing I've ever heard you say. Second from the night before, we had dinner at a restaurant called Barcelona. And the woman said, have you ever been to Barcelona? And I said, never the restaurant, but I have been to the city. <laughs> so they go, they go, well, actually, I'm a ceramicist from Barcelona. I've been there, you know. So, no, I, I talk about pottery probably to the point where – 
I, I think, yeah, the words would be ad nauseum. Yeah. I love talking about pottery. You are a ceramicist, though. Yeah, but I love it. That's right, you do. And fuck off to those who think otherwise. True. And I mean specifically your wife and your child, uh, who yes. I do know and love. Yes, or my husband. He is my wife yeah. sometimes. Sorry, your husband, your husband and child. <laughs> you are your own wife. Don't project, David. <laughs> Sorry. I have a wife. Okay, Rena. Yes. What is the verb for pottery? What would I, how would I, what's the, I feel like a dumb dumb. I've been asking this, but what is, what is the verb you use to potter? When I'm on the wheel, I'm throwing. Mm. So that's what, when you're on the wheel, you're, it's called throwing. You're throwing on the wheel. So sometimes Sandy will be like, what are you doing today? And I'll be like, oh, I'm throwing all day. That's fun. Mm -hmm. That's a fun word. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you're taking a big pile of clay and throwing it at somebody. Yeah. The idea of throwing is a very fun word to be like, I'm making a cup. I'm making a bowl. What are you doing? I'm throwing. Yeah. Very casual. It's very hip. It's a very hip thing to do. (laughs) Because you think of pottery and you think of ceramics as, like you said, it's more of, I think most people's idea of it is like this sort of mental Zen space, Mm -hmm. you know, which I'm sure it is. And the way you were describing it, you can put your, you know, ear thingies in and listen to these wonderful books. But I also think it's a really beautiful thing that it's kind of badass. You're throwing, you're throwing, you're getting stuff on the car. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Not my car, his car. Yeah, not <laughs> yours. Uh, what would be the entry point for someone who wanted, who didn't just want to go take a class, but they actually like really wanted to seek out a good program or maybe take a class is fine, but someone who wanted more than just a like very rudimentary entry into this not world, what would you recommend? Mine. Well, not color me mine because that's not pottery. That's actually just painting. That's painting. It's yeah, just, just painting. painting. You, you have to take a class because- The thing that I've learned is it's one thing to just make things out of clay, but once you get into it, there's chemistry involved. There's so many options and there's so many different ways to glaze things and to then put them in the kiln and fire them. There's, there's Raku, there's soda firing, there's naked Raku, there's all sorts, there's, there's pit firing. There's so many different ways to get an effect from the piece that you make and you really want somebody to explain the structures of clay to you from paper clays to uh, porcelain, which is really difficult to work with and, and is a whole other monster all on its own. And you can't just go, oh, I know how to work with clay. I'm going to do this. And then you work really hard on something and it falls apart and you go, I don't know why. Your teacher will say, well, because you did that out of porcelain and you can't do that out of porcelain or you... You made it out of, you know, this and you added too much water and that's why it cracked on the bottom. And you have to understand that. And you, you can take a lot of lessons online, but it really helps to have somebody teach you how to hold your hands. One of my favorite teachers right now is this guy in uh, Orange County. He's a He is a high school ceramics teacher and his name is Kevin Kowalski and he will drive up to... LA every now and again and bring his wheel and teach me certain things. And he's, he's just a high school pottery teacher, but he teaches so well that you, you don't need that many lessons to kind of get the feel and understand what he's doing, but you, you need him there to kind of get you to understand, Oh, that's how I hold my hand because you can watch and watch and watch. But if somebody doesn't kind of give you an idea of why, if you're throwing on the wheel, why that, why that works, then you need that. Yeah. I think, and there's so many pottery studios now 
they're so easy to take um, introductory classes and you know learn what you're doing. And then if you want to be a potter, there are places you can rent kiln space. So you don't even have to join a studio. You can buy glazes online. You can figure it out and then just follow the rules for whatever studio you want to rent uh, kiln space from. Do you feel good about glazing? It's kind of a science, don't you think? Is It's a little crazy. It's too sciencey for me. It's hard for me. It's the worst part. <laughs> My favorite part of pottery is done. And then you glaze and then it, you're literally just sitting there on your knees praying to the kiln gods going, oh my God, oh my God, please let that work. Because when it doesn't work, it's just, it's heartbreaking. It's like, oh, I really liked this and it just didn't work, you know, so. Is that a scary moment to throw something, speaking, not, not throwing the way we're talking, but actually placing something in a kiln? And then waiting and hoping. Are you? Is it? Is it like a butterfly in a cocoon kind of thing where you're just not exactly sure how it's going to come out and it's scary and exciting and all the feels? It is, but then you kind of forget about it because when you when you belong to a studio like I do and it's really large and the kiln is almost the size of like a normal person's kitchen. Wow! There's a lot that goes into that kiln. And so sometimes you have to wait. Yeah. You have to wait like a week in order to fill it. So, and then once they start the kiln process, it's three to four days because the, the, the fire has to come up, the heat has to come up, it has to stay at a certain place. And then it all has to cool down before you can even open the kiln and touch it. So sometimes you forget and then you show up and you go, Oh my God, it's done. And sometimes it's like, Everything that came out was fabulous. And then sometimes you come and you're like, oh, it's all shite. It's terrible. Yeah. And then you just throw it all away. I can't believe the size of a kitchen. That's crazy. I'm talking about a small kitchen. Maybe a New York City kitchen. Right. But yeah, it's big. It's big. big. Wow. Wow. So obviously pottery is like one of the oldest like human inventions and been around forever. What is it like Mm -hmm. when you touch a piece of pottery from a different century, a different era, a different, you know, part of this world? What, what are the feelings that you get understanding the materials and the dynamics that go into making that piece? And sometimes how, how many decades, you know, centuries the piece has been around. Have you ever stolen anything from a museum? That's what we're getting to. Oh God, you caught me. No, I never have. And usually when I walk through a museum, I'll be like, <laughs> last time I walked through a museum with my daughter, I walked around and I went, I can make that. I can make that. Oh, that's Confidence. Easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, Love it. I marvel at the ability for people to make certain things that are so perfect when they didn't have all the tools that we have now, which is, you know, interesting. I'll follow certain pottery people on, um, or ceramicists on Instagram. And they're like, I use these three tools. And you're like, how I don't, I'm like my entire garage is full. I'm the person who buys everything that's out there. You know, I'm the purchaser. So, but I've now found that when I go to a museum, I'm drawn to the ceramics area, you know, the pottery areas and just want to see what people have made. Pretty cool. Yeah. So we got into that. The divorce was sort of your like beginning point of getting into pottery and putting yourself, you know, in a new place and, and and finding this like relaxing, interesting 
exciting place that you use for your emotions. I always like kind of getting towards the end here asking like if a therapist was in the room and I yeah. said to you like, what is it that you think if you had to ask that therapist, you know, what is it that you think is really at the core of the at the pottery? Like I love the Fantastic Four as a comic book. And if I really asked myself why, I'd be like, oh, my parents got divorced when I was 12. And this is a family that stays together and fights together. And I think I always sort of have a little wound there that wishes mm -hmm. they could have done that. And that's what I think the therapist, I think, would say about the Fantastic Four. What would your therapist quote unquote, say about pottery for you? I think my, my therapist would recognize that I like pottery so much because I don't have to deal with people. And I think that my therapist would recognize that and probably <laughs> say, maybe get out a little more. Um, but see, that's what, that's what my husband is for because he forces me to be more social, whereas if it weren't for him, I would never leave the room. So my therapist would probably say, good for you that you guys reconciled and got back together after the divorce. Otherwise, you'd be this woman stuck in a room inhaling pottery dust all day going, what? What? I'm potting. <laughs> I'm potting. <laughs> I'm throwing here. I'm throwing here. Amazing, Rena. This was a beautiful conversation about a very beautiful thing. And I learned a lot. How about that? Thank you. I learned a lot too. Yeah. And now I want to, I do want to go pottery you throw. myself. You want to throw. <laughs> Color me mine. No, no thank you. No, thank you. No, no, thank you. No, thank you. Rena, can you please regale us with a love letter to this wonderful thing that you adore? Dear pottery, had it not been for you, I would have spent a lifetime on a phone, swiping left or right. I can't tell because I'm dyslexic and don't know my left from my right. So I could have ended up with somebody wonderful or just completely awful. But for you, for you and your ability to, to be fluid and yet be solid and yet be movable and usable have given me the ability to find my true space in life. So I say thank you, Pottery. Thank you. Love, Rena. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Cue music from Ghost. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was so great. It was wonderful. Thank you, Rena. Nice. Love that. So fun. Thank you. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.
It's all a lighthearted nightmare on our podcast, Morbid. We're your hosts. I'm Alina Urquhart. And I'm Ash Kelly. And our show is part true crime, part spooky, and part comedy. The stories we cover are well-researched. He claimed and confessed to officially killing up to 28 people. With a touch of humor. I'd just like to go ahead and say that if there's no band called Malevolent Deity, that is pretty great. A dash of sarcasm and just garnished a bit with a little bit of cursing. This motherfucker lied like a liar like a liar and if you're a weirdo like us and love to cozy up to a creepy tale of the paranormal or you love to hop in the way back machine and dissect the details of some of history's most notorious crimes you should tune in to our podcast morbid follow morbid on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen to episodes early and ad free by joining wondery plus in the wondery app or on apple podcasts david it is true. Usually I come off these episodes and I'm like, I'm going to go do whatever X, Y, and Z. I am going to go make pottery though. Have you ever thrown on a wheel? Have you ever done this? I did it. I think when I was a kid at camp, I think that we had a wheel at my very Jewish summer camp in Northern Pennsylvania, but that was a long time ago. So it has been a while and it is a beautiful thing to, to see when it happened. We, I actually taught improv at a summer camp in Alaska a few years ago. And I remember visiting my wife, Sarah. She actually just got to play when I was up there. She did a little bit of work there, but she actually really took advantage of all the fun activities. And so she got to do some uh, some throwing. So that was fun to see. But no, I haven't been behind a wheel in a long time. We should go. We should do like a live on Fanatics from the from the pottery <laughs> wheel, from the pottery studio. We just got to keep our hands down. <laughs> Yeah, so many unanswered questions. Like, do the wheels vary in size? Mm. Is it like a violin where you can play any violin, but your violin is the one that you really love? Like, or or it kind of doesn't matter. I don't know. I bet I bet it does matter though. I walk into these shops with my wife because she likes the pretty stores. How dare she? She loves these little pretty stores with mm-hmm. pretty accoutrements and you know interior design home stuff and everything's so expensive and i usually like pick up a candle and my eyes go crazy at the 48 dollar price or whatever or if you go to lalabo there's like a 500 dollar candle anyone out there so the one thing that i have a real love though for and a true value for myself that i understand the price tag it's ceramics whenever mm-hmm. i see like a sake set like Rena was talking about she makes those or a really beautiful mug or a vase and the ceramic is just so cool or edgy or has a nice color or a gradient to it. I'm like, man, if I had the money for it, I actually would spend it on this because ceramics are fucking cool. <laughs> they, yeah, they, they are. They definitely are. You know, one of our producers brought up before this that – Pottery Barn, the big franchise, Pottery Barn, obviously, doesn't doesn't really sell pottery and isn't, and I said, and isn't in a barn. And I just think that's yes. worth calling out to them. Yes. Pottery Barn people who own Pottery Barn, also West Elm and Restoration Hardware, right? Yes. They're all connected. Yes. It's like the Old Navy Gap and, <laughs> like, and chain of like furniture stores. Why don't you sell pottery? Why don't Maybe you, you sell You need to ca- carry Rena's pottery. And then maybe we could rightfully call you Pottery Store. We are pottery putting barn. Pottery Barn on blast. On notice here. 
And if you agree with David and I about the misuse, misleading <laughs> title and name of this store, non-pottery, non-barn, shall we say, you should uh, go over to the Fanatics Twitter and definitely let us know your thoughts on this. And what what would you call Pottery Barn now that we have clearly established it's not a Pottery Barn? I would call it disappointment. <laughs> I'd say you're walking into a room of disappointment. Lies. Uh, well, we know who we're not going to be sponsored by in the future. <laughs> you never know. They may want to write their pottery oh, wrong. I like that. I like that. Second chances over here at Fanatics. It's true. We believe in third, fourth, fifth chances. We <laughs> we do not judge. <laughs> we will judge. You just have to make up for it. Right. <laughs> but we also accept bribes. Speaking of judging, uh, we won't judge you if you don't uh, hit five stars or share this podcast with people. But maybe a part of us will die inside if you don't. I don't know. One or the other. We appreciate you all listening. We love you. Thank you for coming with us on this beautiful journey. Enjoy Rena's pottery. Uh, I'm sure you just Google Rena Sofer. You're going to find beautiful pottery wherever it might be. And if you Google the word goodbye, then you'll understand what's going to happen right now. Bye. Bye. And before you guys go, next week coming on Fanatics, an old friend of mine, although he's not old, Raphael Sparge. You guys know him from Mass Effect. Uh, Once Upon a Time, he played Jiminy Cricket, Murder in the First, tons of other stuff, including Risky Business and Star Trek Voyager. And Raphael is coming on to talk about his love of going to the movies. And this is an interesting twist. He... Loves going to the movies so much, he made a documentary about it, which we'll talk about as well. Uh, so we will see you guys next week for Raphael Sparge's Fanatics episode. Thank you for listening to Fanatics, a Roddenberry podcast. For more episodes and info, head over to wearefanatics.com or tweet your Fanatics thoughts and stories at wearefanatics. Yes, that's we are F-A-N-A-D-D-I-C-T-S. Our show is hosted by Claire Kramer and me, David Magadoff. Produced by me, Claire Kramer, and Kelsey Goldberg. Executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham. And you can thank Stephen Mudd for our theme song. Catch us next Thursday for another Fanatics episode. Oh, Marina, my darling. I've longed to buy your mug A long, very lonely time And the song is going by slowly So slowly And I'm shocked Claire hasn't stopped me yet I can stop you now, David. We're good. (laughs) Okay, cool. Yeah, you gave me a long runway, so I just sort of kept going. (laughs)